It says, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Can you say, let us cross over? Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm, say a great windstorm, arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern. Say that with me. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind. Say, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And when the wind ceased and there was a great calm, you see, there was a great storm, but a greater calm, amen, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? When we look at this story, I've preached this before, but uh, how many knows that even the pastor learns and grows? Amen? Uh, and, and when we look at this, uh, I, I think it's important to put it in context of what Jesus had been doing. The Bible tells us that all day long that he had been just off the shore in a little boat and that he had been teaching the Word. Uh, how many knows that it's the Word of God that, that is powerful, that it, 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 it'll destroy uh, the works of the enemy? And so he's preaching the Word and he's preaching to them about the power of, of the seed. He's teaching them this parable about the sowing of the seed. And, and we see that there's different kinds of grounds, but this morning I, I don't want to focus on that, but I want to focus on the power of the seed, which is the Word of God. And he goes on and he's teaching all day long. And, he, and all of these scriptures actually lead us to the point where Jesus tells them that to get in the ship we're going to cross over. He teaches them about not lighting a candle and putting it under a bushel. It's a parable about the power of the light of the gospel. You, you see, we should never do anything that hinders the light of the gospel of coming forth. and Because it's the gospel that saves people. It's the gospel that heals people and delivers people. It's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. And so the gospel is important, and uh, we want to make sure that we don't hinder the cause of the gospel. As we look at this, Jesus tells them, let us cross over to the other side. And, you know, you could make a, a, a parable of this, because sometimes there's things that we need to get over and cross over, but that's not the, the real heart of this message. The real heart of the message is that Jesus has decided that it is time that the Gentiles hear him minister and preach the word of God. It is uh, time for uh, the Gentiles to uh, see and experience the light of the gospel and the miraculous healing that will take place, this deliverance of this man who is called the demoniac. But he's no longer a demoniac. 
uh, there were so many demons in him that they together, when Jesus asked, said, we are called legion. This man desperately needed a touch from God. But how many knows that the enemy doesn't like for us to do what God's told us to do? That he'll try to put barriers. He'll try to put things in our lives and storms and situations uh, that will prevent us or try to prevent us from doing what the Lord has called us to do. You see, we, we can't lose sight of that. That it is the gospel and the spreading of the gospel and the light of the gospel that Jesus is concerned about. Uh, he's uh, saying that this is necessary. It is absolutely, positively has to happen that the gospel would spread to the Gentiles. How many glad that that happened? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a Gentile. You see, it's, it's necessary. It's important that the gospel would spread. This light of the gospel It's the first time that Jesus would sow the seed of the word into their lives and uh, shine the gospel light unto the Gentiles. You see, there's something powerful about this word. We talked about it, but it is the word of God that arises or arouses faith uh, inside of God's people. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it is a faith that has results. It's a faith for salvation. How many are believing God to save your loved ones, your family, your children, uh, your extended family, your neighbors, your friends, uh, those who you meet? You see, I, I want you to know that something needs to happen inside of us, that our faith would be stirred, that we believe that God wants to touch the lost and to get a hold of their lives and to change them. It's a faith for salvation. It's a faith for miracles. You don't hear a lot of people talk about miracles anymore, but my Bible tells me that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So there's no sickness, disease, malady, problem, situation, or circumstance that is above God's control and ability to meet that need. He is still a miracle-working God. Can I get an amen this morning? You see, he's still a God that can set people free. Anybody know somebody that seems to be bound, that seems to be handcuffed, that seems to be addicted and, and overcome by the things of this life, and God is a God who can set free. He can uh, set uh, the sinner free. He can set the addict free. He can do miracles in that situation. He comes to set the captive free. So Jesus is saying, boys, we're going to the other side. Get in the ship. It's time to go. And then the enemy steps in. And by the way, have you ever faced a storm? Uh, it seems that Becca was asking that question today, but by simple raising of hand, how many have experienced a storm? Sometimes they come out of nowhere in your life. Sometimes it seems like where in the world did that come from? Everything was just going so good. It seemed like everything was almost perfect in my life. But here is this storm, and it seems to come out of nowhere. And can I tell you that this storm was not just a weather crisis. It was an all-out attempt by the devil to stop the spread and the proliferation of the gospel. It was an attempt to take the life of Jesus. 
the life of his disciples. Why? Why was it so important to get to the other side that the enemy would step in and try to stop it? Because of this demoniac man and the principality that the enemy had a hold of not only the demoniac man, but the people in the area. You see, they weren't even happy when he got set free. There was a principality, and Jesus went to take care of it, to destroy it. And so he said, we're not playing games here, guys. We are. Let's look at your neighbor and say, I'm going over. I'm crossing over. I'm, I'm crossing over. This is not a game, but it, there's eternal destinies at stake. Uh, we must follow the leading of the Lord. The storm seemingly came out of nowhere. Experienced fishermen were afraid for their lives. Manic, frantically scattering around here and there. But can I tell you that Jesus has a way of using the storms in our life. Oh, they may come from the enemy. They may come from the enemy, but Jesus has a way of using the storm. And he does it to grow us and to mature us and to develop us so that we can be used further in the kingdom of God. Can I tell you that it's not reality and it would not be a good thing to never have a storm in your life. There are things that just make you stronger, that build some character within you, that help you uh, to believe the Lord that the next time you go through something that it's going to be all right because uh, Jesus is in the boat with you. Can I tell you that you can face any storm, doesn't matter what it is, as long as Jesus is with you in that boat. Look at your neighbor and say, he's in the boat with me. He, he's there with us, and, and many times I think we have a spiritual amnesia of a sort that we don't understand and we don't know that how can he be in the storm when it's so bad, but he's there with us in the boat. Sometimes we just have to remember that he's there. We have to remember he's in the boat. What does that mean? He's present. He's in control. Nothing really surprises him. He's never forgotten your situation or your circumstance, and you can make it and will make it to your destination because he is with you. Look at your neighbor and say, storms aren't always fair. Storms aren't fair. Look at these disciples. They hadn't done anything wrong, but yet the storm still comes. Anybody that can associate with this? They've been totally obedient, but the storm still comes. There's no mention of sin, but the storm still comes. See, I want to inform you that rough waters should not necessarily be a surprise to us. Because the Bible actually tells us that they're, they're what help us to live a godly life. Second Timothy 3.12 tells us that all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Let us cross over. The spread of the gospel is necessary. And when we look at this, and, and you would miss this if you, if you don't look deeply, it says that they took him as he was. As he was. 
They didn't wait. They didn't say, we're going to cross over the sea. It's going to be dark. Might be cool. Let's go get Jesus a cloak. Uh, they didn't say, let's stop off at Chick-fil-A and get uh, us all a sandwich or anything. They didn't do any of that. They took him as he was. I would be willing to say that they weren't real happy about where they were going. That's why they took him abruptly. Because here was a good bunch of 12 Jewish men who believed that they had found the Messiah. But they didn't think that the message was for others. And so they weren't real happy about going to the other side. But Jesus didn't give them a choice. He said, boys, get in the ship. We're going to the other side. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to the other side. We're, we're crossing over. It's so imperative and so important. Uh, and can I tell you that we can associate with this. We can understand this. And can I tell you that no matter what gets in the way, uh, Cross Point Church, uh, uh, we should always understand that the Lord has a, a goal and a design for us, and it is to reach the lost at any cost, no matter the color, no matter the ethnicity, no matter the social status. God has called us to go to the other side, and really it don't even matter if you like them people or not. It doesn't matter. Let us cross over. You see... Jesus is weighing the, the cost of going through the storm against the pricelessness of those souls, those Gentiles that would finally and first of all hear about Jesus and the Messiah and how God can save souls. A soul is priceless to the Lord. And so we see this. Have you ever had Jesus tell you to go somewhere or do something that you didn't want to do? Just raise your hands. Let me let me know. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone. It's no small storm. They're afraid for their lives. Don't you care that we're perishing? You see, many times we think safety is about just the absence of trouble. But it's really more about the presence of Jesus. For when he's present, we're safe. We're in good hands uh, with Jesus. Just like the old, uh, I think it's Allstate that said, you're, you're in good hands with all. Well, you're in better hands with Jesus. Don't be afraid because there's not storms. Don't be afraid because fierce winds are there. Don't be afraid because there are waves in your life. But understand that Jesus is with you. That's why you don't have to be afraid. Now, Psalm 23. Hear this. David said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That seems like a perilous place to be to me. Right? I mean, I, I don't know that I want to set up a table in the presence of my enemies that I want to be there in front of them. But what we must understand is that it says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
that he's the one that's prepared it, and therefore he is encamped around about us, and he is protecting us even when we are in the presence of our enemies. Though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Somebody say, he's in the boat with me. I ain't got to worry because he's in the boat with me. He's keeping me safe because he's in the boat with me. I'm going to make it to my destination because he's in the boat with me. I, I can believe uh, uh, for miracles and wonders and signs because he's in the boat with me. Look at your neighbor and say he's in the boat with me. He's in the boat. What good news. He's with us. And there's nothing that he can't prevent he has command over everything Jesus wasn't at all shaken by the storm he wasn't overwhelmed by the situation he was asleep in the middle of the storm asleep but not absent still there at the beckoning of their call but notice that Jesus didn't arise immediately when the storm came he waited until they express their dependence upon him. Wow. When you're in the middle of the storm, just let him know, I can't handle this. I'm about to perish. It seems like my boat's sinking. Jesus, uh, come and help me. But instead, because they've got experience, they know about boats. They know how to fish. They've experienced a storm or two, but this storm was not like that. And here they are. I can imagine Peter saying, man, you let the sails down because the wind is driving us uh, all over the place. And, and, and maybe he tells John, uh, get this bucket and start bailing and, and get in a rhythm and get others to help him. And they're frantically running around. That's what the New Living Testament, New Living Translation says. They are frantically moving about and then they finally asked Jesus why do we wait till we're about to go down and drown in the problems of our life before we go to Jesus I wish I knew the answer to that because I've been guilty of that before if you are honest with yourself you say pastor I've done that I've tried everything I knew how to do I've asked other people to help me. I went to the bank and got a loan. I went. I did all this stuff. I went to the doctor, and they didn't know what to do. They had no idea what was going on. And then I finally called on Jesus. And he's been there all along. He's in the boat with me. And he has power over every situation and every storm. And when they do come to him, he exercises that power. Now, at the beginning, I said that this was more than a weather crisis. It was a spiritual battle. Sometimes we just have circumstances in our life, but sometimes we have spiritual battles. And Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. And I tell you, I hope you get this. I said it a few times, but Satan does not want you to cross over. He doesn't want you to go where the kingdom of God and the influence of the kingdom of God will spread and cause destinies and lives to be changed. So Jesus stood up 
and he rebuked the wind. If you're a note taker, you need to you need to take note of this. The Greek word that he rebuked means that he muzzled. He told it to shut up. I'm sorry if little kids, I don't know if anybody in here would tell your kids not to say shut up. I did that one time when Micah was little, and he was like, <gasps> he said shut up, mama. That's what Jesus did. He said, I rebuke this wind. Stop howling. Stop being fierce and presenting yourself as though you are more powerful than me. I'm, I'm ad-libbing here. You understand what he's doing? He's saying, I said, shut up, demon. Because you don't rebuke winds unless there is a demonic force behind them. This was more than just a weather crisis. It was the enemy trying to stop what God was about to do. Wow. And if he'll do that to Jesus and his disciples, he'll do that to you. But you got to remember just a few things. He's with you in the boat. He has power over every circumstance and situation. And he can speak that powerful word of God into the situation and it will suddenly change. Not just one miracle, but two happened that day. The wind stopped. Anybody ever been on, I've, I've been on a, even a big carnival cruise line. When the wind is blowing, that ship is, whoo, I mean, it's going everywhere. The waves are crazy. And when the wind stops, the waves don't immediately stop unless it's Jesus that said to stop. And so everything became calm, still, like glass on top of the water. And I tell you that Jesus wants to speak peace into your life. Peace. The disciples didn't perish. They did make it to the other side. And the secret was understanding and remembering that Jesus was in the boat. The secret was not about rowing faster or harder, bailing the boat out more efficiently. It was about remembering that Jesus was in the boat. But don't just remember that you have a destiny. Remember that there's a purpose in crossing over. Purpose. I was writing this, and honestly, I was about to hit save and just be done. And the Lord spoke some things into my life. He said, I'm bringing you to a point of crossing over as a church. Point of crossing over. Where we leave this place and we go out to the new property. Now, understand me. The new property is not about a bigger, better, more modern facility. It's not what it's about. Oh, that'll be a blessing. That's a great thing. It's a wonderful advantage. But here is what we must get in our heart. The crossing over into a new dimension spiritually is that more souls will be saved for the kingdom of God. That more people will hear and know that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that He died on the cross for their sins, and that He can set them free from everything the enemy has tried to bring against them. See, I, I don't know when, I don't know the timing of all of this. I do know that God's blessing. 
I mean, it's undeniable that God's blessing. Undeniable. Land's getting paid off quickly. It might even be before the end of the year. Because the Lord has a destiny for us to impact more for the kingdom of God than we've ever done before. That's what it's about. You may say, Pastor, I want to go to the other side. I want to go to the other side. I'm ready to make a greater impact for the kingdom of God. I want to do all that I can uh, and, and, and have the Lord help me get to the other side. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, I'm crossing over. So what do we do until then? What do you do until you actually cross over? You do your best to utilize what God has already given you. Don't say, one day we'll do this. Continue to work for the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength where you are. With in mind that you are preparing for an even greater future with God's help. I may believe that this morning.